Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, welcome into the show. This is the Cherry Picking Podcast and I'm your host, Andre Cherry. And this week we are going to recap week five college football action and then we'll preview week six. So we'll just dive right in. We'll hop right into it. In my week five locks within the power five conferences in the ACC, I had Florida State over Syracuse. I thought the Florida State Seminoles would get its first victory of the season this past weekend against Syracuse. And boy, was I, I was right, but it was very close. It was a three-point win for the Seminoles over the Orange. The score was 33-30. to Florida State is was 0-4. They are now 1-4. And this was the first time ever that Florida State had started a season with four straight losses since 1974. So this is a little bit of some bad history that Florida State was mirroring back to 1974. But they got the first win of the season against Syracuse. The Seminoles are now 7-0 when hosting Syracuse, so that's a good bit of history there. This game, it wasn't pretty, and it may have taken a successful 34-yard field goal as time expired, but Florida State has finally earned that first victory of the season, bringing their overall record to 1-4. Syracuse ran the ball very well in this game. In fact, as a team, the Orange ran for 200 yards for the fourth time in five games this season. So Syracuse is running the ball extremely well, Syracuse quarterback Garrett Schrader, he actually led the team in rushing on Saturday as he racked up 137 yards on 16 carries with three touchdowns. This young man had four total touchdowns for the day, so he produced quite a bit of offense for Syracuse this past weekend. Orange running back Sean Tucker rushed for 102 yards on 24 carries, so that was a tremendous effort for Sean Tucker on Saturday. And despite the solid rushing performance, the Orange couldn't generate much productivity in the receiving game, nor did Florida State for that matter. But once the Seminoles took the lead towards the end of the second quarter, there was no turning back for Florida State. So here's to hoping this is a momentum builder for Florida State. And I'm an NC State guy, you know this, but we need teams like Florida State and Clemson to be good. We need those teams that are historically good to be good this season. And so Florida State has a long way to go. They are 1-4, but they've got some time to turn this thing around. So let's see if they can do it. So in the ACC, I got the victory there, Florida State over Syracuse. In the Big Ten, I had Penn State over Indiana, and boy, was this a victory. Penn State blew the brakes off of Indiana by a score of 24 to nothing. Penn State's defense stepped up in this matchup against Indiana. The Nittany Lions forced eight punts, two turnovers, and a blocked field goal to help best Penn State over the Hoosiers in this matchup. Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford threw for 178 yards and three touchdowns, including two touchdown passes to wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Clifford and Dotson have combined for 18 total touchdowns, which is the most for any quarterback-wide receiver combo in Penn State history, which kind of seems... A little hard to believe because they've had some good quarterbacks and some great wide receivers there at Penn State. The record previously was 17, which was held by Todd Blackledge and Kenny Jackson. But at any rate, 
Penn State now leads the all-time series with Indiana 23-2. So that is a good momentum builder for Penn State as they get ready to face Iowa this upcoming weekend. That's going to be a a crazy atmosphere. That's going to be a crazy game. And I cannot wait to watch that this weekend. So out of the Big Ten, I got the victory. Penn State over Indiana. In the Big 12, Iowa State over Kansas. This was a, a pretty big win for Iowa State by a score of 59-7. to This was a really good bounce-back win for Brock Purdy and his ISU Cyclones. Purdy went 17 for 22 for 245 yards, and he had four touchdowns through the air. His running back, Brees Hall, rushed for 123 yards on 17 carries and had two touchdowns of his own. And this was the 101st meeting between these two teams. ISU has now won 11 of the last 12 games, including six in a row. So this is a this this game, this matchup against Kansas came at the right time. This is a great win for Iowa State. They can hopefully use this to bounce back and, and build up some momentum in the Big 12 the rest of the way here. Iowa State has a much-needed buy this weekend before going on the road to Manhattan, Kansas, under those big bright lights of Manhattan, Kansas, to face Kansas State in a couple weeks from now. So great win for Iowa State. I got the victory there out of the Big 12. Out of the Pac-12, I got a victory. I had USC over Colorado. USC got the victory 37-14. to This was also a solid bounce-back victory for the USC Trojans this week after an ugly 45-27 to loss to Oregon State a couple weeks ago. The Trojans' defense only allowed Colorado to convert on one third-down attempt, while also holding the Buffaloes to 80 yards rushing. The D also came up with two turnovers, so USC was was playing at a really high level on defense this past weekend. As a team, USC had five sacks, seven tackle for losses, so the defense was really getting after it on Saturday. Offensively, USC wide receiver Drake London was the star of the game. He hauled in nine balls for 130 yards and one touchdown. Running back Keontae Ingram ran for 124 yards on 14 carries. And Trojans quarterback, you know the name, Keaton Slovis had a good day for USC as the signal caller went 19 for 29 for 276 yards and three touchdowns. USC will need to cut down on the penalties, though. The Trojans committed 12 penalties for 125 yards. I never like seeing excessive penalties like that. That's too many. That's too much yardage given up to the penalties. And, you know, you play a better team and you can, that could be the difference in the game. Those penalties negating the forward motion and the forward progress you have on offense and any sort of momentum you build on offense, you're hurting yourself. You're negating yourself when you have penalties like that. USC has now won all 15 meetings against the Buffalo. So they took care of business against the Buffaloes like they normally do, but you got to cut down on those penalties because that is no good. If you play a better team, you will get beat. In the SEC, I had Florida over Kentucky, and this was my only loss of the day. This one came down to the end. This was a 20-13 victory for Kentucky over the Gators. This was a tough loss for a Florida team that may have been overlooking Kentucky. They were looking past this game and looking down the line, down the road, and they got caught and they got beat. And this is a, it's a heartbreaking loss for the Gators who were trying to push out of the SEC East. They were trying to push Georgia for potentially, you know, winning the uh, East this year. But it's not it's not looking good now. They're, they are not in the driver's seat at all now. This game was crazy. There was a big momentum shift in this game towards the end of the third quarter when Kentucky linebacker 
Trevin Wallace returned a blocked field goal, 76 yards for the go-ahead touchdown. And the Wildcats won this game despite the fact that they were outgained 382 yards to 211. That's insane. The Gators were, were trying to do something, but Kentucky caught him, caught him slipping. And shout out to Coach Mark Stoops, though. He's really turned Kentucky into a program. They used to be a laughing stock of the SEC, and you can't go into Lexington now, nowadays, and expect to get an easy victory because it's, it's not going to be easy at all. Fans stormed the field. They celebrated with Kentucky as they beat Florida at home for the first time since 1986. Folks, that was when I was born. Like, I was just born as a young, young cherry picking in 1986. And that was the last time Kentucky beat Florida at home. That's insane. The Wildcats are 5-0 and for the first time since going 10-3 in 2018. And if I recall correctly, in 2018, I think they reached a ranking of, like, number 11 in the country. That was the highest they had uh, reached during that season. So a tremendous start to their season to, to go 5-0. and And this is just the fourth time in the past 70 years that they are 5-0. and So shout out to Mark Stoops. The dude is just doing a tremendous job there. I mean, he's had some big wins at the program, including two wins now against a ranked Florida team uh, within the last four years. Uh, I think the last time they beat Florida, which was a couple seasons ago, Florida had some insane streak of like 31 straight victories over Kentucky. I mean, that's insane. That is insane. And he beat him again just on Saturday. So Mark Stoops is, is really building a winner there. I mean, they, they are having a, a great season thus far. They're just a, a game out from becoming bowl eligible. And so they've been to a bowl game the last five years. Each of the last five years, they've been to a bowl game. They've won the last three in a row. So Kentucky is a, a program you gotta you gotta look at. I mean that's a solid program there. Mark Stoops is doing a tremendous job, and shout out to Kentucky for getting that victory. I unfortunately get a loss there out of my top five locks, but it I'll allow it for this week. So uh, this week I went four and one overall. I'm eighteen and seven overall when doing these locks. So it was a pretty pretty crazy week. We had some pretty big games, some some pretty big losses this week of teams ranked in the top 25 if we take a look at it there were nine teams who were ranked in the top 25 that lost in week five action so those teams were notre dame florida arkansas loss Ole miss loss oregon loss uh, they were number three ranked in the ap for for last week texas a&m lost baylor suffered a loss they were ranked 21 UCLA lost, they were ranked 20th, Fresno State lost, so there was a lot of uh, movement, there, there will be a lot of movement this week in the AP Top 25 poll, but man, we are getting into some serious football, some serious, serious action now, I mean, we're starting to get into conference play here, so we're just gonna have to keep an eye on the Top 25 as we move forward each week, but man, that's that's quite quite a little shakeup this week. If we now transition to some of the other games from top five action from this past weekend, we had number five, Iowa versus Maryland. Both of these teams were undefeated coming into this matchup on last Friday. The Hawkeyes had a tremendous day on defense. They intercepted Maryland five times and they outscored the Terrapins 31-0 in the second quarter. 
as Maryland completely broke down. I mean, it was a complete breakdown. I was watching some of this game in, in the, at the start of the first quarter. It was extremely close. I thought it was like 7-3 to three or something like that. And then in the second quarter, the Hawkeyes just opened up a whole can of whoop-ass and just beat the brakes off of Maryland. And Maryland's a good team. So I, I don't want the score 51-14 to 14 to fool anybody. Like, Maryland played really well this to, to this point of the season, and I thought that it could be a competitive game. A lot of folks picked Maryland to upset Iowa, and I was really close to making that same prediction, but I just thought Iowa had too much going for itself. The defense had been playing really well at a really high level. I like what the offense has been able to do in the past few weeks. So I just, I, I didn't want to pick Maryland without uh, really thinking it through. And I and I, I thought it through, and I just didn't think Maryland was there yet. If Maryland had got that victory over Iowa, I think that would have been a tremendous win for that program. I like uh, Mike Lock- Loxley as the head coach at Maryland. He's trying to turn that program, trying to turn the program around. But it just, it that is a pretty ugly, embarrassing loss the way that they 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 lost. But I, I don't think all is lost for Maryland. I think they can bounce back from this. But what a great win for Iowa on the road on a Friday night to get the victory over Maryland. It was not what I had expected it to be. That score is, that's pretty pretty big blowout and Iowa looked really well defensively they probably played their best defensive game of the season so this is only going to help them as they build momentum towards this weekend's matchup against Penn State that's going to be a wild raucous atmosphere and I cannot wait to watch that game in the SEC we had number 16 Arkansas versus number two Georgia I thought this one would be a little bit closer but Georgia just blew the doors down against Arkansas by a score of 37 to nothing. This was a total domination by Georgia. The dogs posted 21 points in the first quarter. So they, they got off to a really hot start. This victory is, is pretty impressive because the last time Georgia recorded back-to-back shutouts in the SEC was in 1980. And that was also its last national championship team. So they blew out Vanderbilt on September 25th by a score of 62 nothing, and then they blew out Arkansas. They were ranked in the top 10, number 8, 37 to nothing. So this is that's that's not a small feat. But Arkansas is a really good team. Like they're they're a solid team. And so Georgia is just that's complete domination. They are looking like one of the two best teams in college football, Georgia and Alabama. So I wouldn't uh let this game or that score fool you into thinking that Arkansas wasn't deserving of that number eight ranking. I think Arkansas is a really talented team. Georgia is just more talented. They're they're better coached. They're just a better team. And Arkansas will bounce back from that loss, no doubt. But Georgia is just far and away a better team than Arkansas is. And then we had the number eight Cincinnati versus number 12 Notre Dame game. This was in South Bend, Indiana. Cincinnati came into South Bend, got the victory 24-13. to And while I want to give Cincinnati a lot of credit, I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from Cincinnati, and that I'm, this is not my intent. But I'm just, all I'm going to say is Notre Dame had opportunities to really make it competitive, really take an advantage in this game, and jump out to, to some leads here in this game. And they had miscues that really shot themselves in the foot. Cincinnati capitalized on those miscues, 
and they got the victory 24 to 13. They are deserving of the victory. They earned that. But I'm just saying this game was within reach for Notre Dame and they shot themselves in the foot. I will I will leave it at that. I think that's a tremendous victory for Cincinnati, a group of five team out of the American Conference. I think if they can run through the American schedule this year, which I don't foresee them having any issues, that team is loaded, really well coached by Luke Fickle. I think Cincinnati could be playing themselves into a spot into the college football playoffs this season. That was the best win in its history, in its program history. And as Luke Fickle said after the game, and I quote, we didn't just beat a top 10 team, we beat a top five program, end quote. So that's a tremendous momentum builder. That's something you really build your program on. That's something that you can, that can be used as, uh, as, you know, hype material or inspiration to, to grow the program and to excite the program and excite the base. I mean, that that's a, a momentum building win for Cincinnati. And I think they're going to just steamroll through the American and they very well could play themselves into a playoff spot and they deserve it. That's a, that's a great win. It was Cincinnati's first trip to South Bend, Indiana since 1900 to snap Notre Dame's 26-game home winning streak. So a little bit of history making by Cincinnati to break, to snap that win streak of Notre Dame. And as I mentioned earlier, Notre Dame committed three turnovers in this matchup and they just couldn't recover. I think the opening drive, they had, they were knocking on the door of scoring in Cincinnati's end zone and they an interception was thrown. And anytime you're doing that, you're going to lose, point blank. So Notre Dame did not look good in this game. Cincinnati, give them credit for going into South Bend and, and winning, but Notre Dame, man, what could have been? I mean, they could have won this game. They just didn't make those mistakes. I think it would have been a much more competitive game. It would have been a closer game, and who knows? Notre Dame could still be undefeated at this point if they had just not had those turnovers costly turnovers so those are the games that have my interest in week five after the break we'll talk through some week six locks and we'll also preview some matchups that are going to be really intriguing this weekend don't go anywhere i'll be right back in 1957 Leica became the first animal to orbit earth what kind of animal was Leica? what is the only team in the big four north american sports leagues which shares its name with one of the avengers and here's one more question for you Are you the type of person who enjoys playing trivia games, learning new things, and having a bit of fun along the way? If you are, or if you just want to find out the answers to those other questions, then our podcast, Quiz and Hers, might be right up your alley. Each week, one of us writes new trivia questions for the other person, covering everything from science to history to pop culture to sports. And every question in a game relates to some theme, like Game of Thrones, internet memes, sandwiches, or animals in space. Some of the themes make more sense than others. So if you like trivia, learning, or real couples testing each other's knowledge and patience, check out our podcast, Quiz and Hers. Quiz and Hers, the trivia podcast where we test each other's knowledge and the strength of our relationship. Want to know what life is really like after the game is all over? 
Real athletes are here to share their true stories of adversity and triumph every week on After Orange Slices. Even if you don't like sports, pro athletes, former college stars, celebrities, coaches, public speakers, doctors, and all kinds of experts join the show, and there's a little bit of something for everybody. Join me, Bridget, for a slice of inspiration, plus your everyday sports news sprinkled in. New episodes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Now we're going to dive into my week six locks within the Power Five conferences. We'll start off with the ACC. I'm taking Georgia Tech over Duke. Georgia Tech has lost the last two trips to Duke by double digits, if you can believe it or not. But this year, I think the Yellow Jackets win big. This season, I have been impressed by head coach Jeff Collins and what he's been able to do with Georgia Tech. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they had a, a upset victory over number 21-ranked UNC by a score of 45-22. to The week prior, they were on the road at Clemson, who was ranked number 6 at the time, and lost by a score of 14-8. to So they've got the talent to compete with some of these big programs, and they certainly have the athletes at Georgia Tech. The question is, can they put it together and, and get a victory? They lost the first week of the season to the NIU Huskies, from DeKalb, Illinois, 22 to 21. But they again, they've got some they've got some pieces there to if they can put it together, they can be competitive out of the coastal this season. Duke, as you know, they played they played well thus far. I mean, they lost this past weekend to UNC by a score of 38 to 7. But Duke has been able to run the ball extremely well this season. They're putting up some offense. The question is, can they also be consistent? But I am taking Georgia Tech in this game against the Duke Blue Devils. I, I think this would be a good win for Georgia Tech. Get them to 500 and start anew the next week after Duke. But uh, I think Georgia Tech wins big this weekend. And then in the Big Ten, I'm taking Michigan State over Rutgers. Last year, Michigan State saw its six-game series win streak snapped against Rutgers. But I don't think Rutgers gets so lucky this season. Michigan State's offense has been outstanding my man Peyton Thorne from Naperville Central High has been playing lights out this season Michigan State is one of my favorite teams to to watch and I think Michigan State will handle handle Rutgers this weekend no problem in the Big 12 I'm taking Texas over Oklahoma this is the Red River rivalry the Red River shootout I mean this is a Red River matchup that should be a fun one they always seem to be really competitive, really close every season. You know, it doesn't matter if Oklahoma is ranked in the top 10 or whatever the case may be, these games are extremely close. The winner of the last five matchups have won this game by an average of 5.6 points. So I think this season we're going to be in for a, a slugfest. And I'm taking Texas because if you've listened to my podcast this season, I'm not too high on Oklahoma this year. I just, I, I think they are talented but I just don't think they're as talented of a team as they have been in, in seasons past. I just think Texas has an opportunity to come in there and shock Oklahoma this weekend. And so I'm taking Texas over Oklahoma. In the Pac-12, I'm taking UCLA over Arizona. UCLA, I don't know what's going on over there. They they look good at some points, and then they have losses that make you scratch your head. UCLA, I, I thought would be much better of a program than they have showed me thus far. They've got the talent there. They've got the pieces. 
but they also need to put it together. But they just don't. They have not impressed me um, as much as I thought that they would this season. They've had some impressive wins, but then they've also had some losses that are really surprising, and I really question if they're ready to compete out of the out of the Pac-12 South this year. But at any rate, I'm taking UCLA over Arizona. The Bruins have won seven out of the last nine games. This weekend, they're about to make it eight wins against the Arizona Wildcats. And then in the SEC, I'm taking Georgia over Auburn. The Dogs have won the last four of five meetings over Auburn. I think they make it five wins this weekend. And so I'm excited to uh, watch that game play out. So let me read you my locks one more time. In the ACC, I'm taking Georgia Tech over Duke. In the Big Ten, I'm taking Michigan State over Rutgers. In the Big 12, I'm taking Texas over Oklahoma. In the Pac-12, I'm taking UCLA over Arizona. And in the SEC, I'm taking Georgia over Auburn. Real quick before we get out of here, I do want to just mention real quick here some Week 6 matchups that you should be keyed in on this upcoming weekend. We've got Maryland versus Ohio State. Both of these teams are 4-1 and one this season. Maryland is a better team than we saw this past Friday against Iowa where they got blown out 51-14. to I think Maryland could cause some trouble for Ohio State if, if that offense puts it together and keeps it together, but... I, I don't know. I don't know if they will be able to do that against Ohio State. They're going to be on the road. Maryland is 0-6 against the Buckeyes. They've lost their last three meetings in Columbus by an average of 42.7 points by being outrushed an average of 399 yards per game. So historically, the Buckeyes have dominated this game every season. The Buckeyes are a different looking team this season, and I think they are in in need of another test. Oregon came into town a few weekends ago and upset the Buckeyes. I don't know if Maryland has enough juice to beat Ohio State, but I'm just saying I don't think it's going to be a blowout again like it has been in the past. I think Maryland has a chance to do something interesting, but they got to play better than they did against Iowa or they will get blown out against the Buckeyes. Then, of course, we got Penn State versus Iowa. This is going to be a huge matchup. Both of these teams are undefeated, ranked in the top 10. I have no idea who I'm picking. I, I, both of these teams have, have looked well this season. They've looked extremely well against their competition that they faced thus far through the season. So whoever wins this game, I mean, this is a great opportunity for whoever wins this matchup. And both of these teams have pretty pretty solid defenses. So they get, the score is going to be close, would be my guess. But I, I do not know at this minute who I'm taking in Penn State versus Iowa, but I can tell you for sure I will be watching this game. Then we've got Stanford versus Arizona State. Stanford blew out number 14 USC this season by a score of 42-28. to 28. They also just beat Oregon in exciting fashion in overtime by a score of 31-24. I'm trying to figure out who Stanford is. Like this team is looking like it legitimately could win the Pac-12 North this season. They're taking care of business against teams that they have no business beating, frankly. The fact that they just beat Oregon, I mean, that's a tremendous win for David Shaw and his program. I didn't expect Stanford to do that, if I'm being honest. And the fact that they pulled that victory off, I mean, they could legitimately win the North this season. And I would be down for that. That'd be cool to see Stanford get back to its winning ways within the Pac-12. So, Tremendous win for that Stanford program. And, and again, Arizona State is a, 
a good program. And so I'm, I'm curious to see who's real. Like, who is going to be, who's going to win this game? Who's going to who's gonna do this against Stanford versus Arizona State? It's anybody's game, anybody's guess, really. Then out of the SEC, we've got Georgia versus Auburn. As I mentioned before, Georgia, I'm taking them in my top five lock over Auburn. But both of these teams are ranked, so it should be a pretty, pretty fun game to watch. I, I don't know if Georgia's going to beat up on Auburn the same way they did Arkansas this past weekend, but who knows? Georgia's offense is looking extremely well. They're they're looking extremely dominant. Their defense is playing at a high level as well, so anything is possible. And then lastly, we've got Arkansas versus Ole Miss. Both of these teams will be ranked this weekend. I I'm on the Arkansas train. Like I, that's a good story for college football this season. The way that they started their season, Arkansas was, by my prediction, going to be one of the bottom feeder teams out of the SEC this season. But they played themselves into a really good spot. I mean, they were number eight ranked this past weekend. I think Arkansas, if they can, uh, you know, play better with play better than they did against Georgia. Georgia is on another level, one of the best teams in college football this season. I just I'm rooting for Arkansas. I guess is what I'm saying. Ole Miss suffered a pretty pretty bad blowout against Alabama this weekend. But again, Alabama is also probably one of the best two teams this season. But I think this game, Arkansas versus Ole Miss, will be a much closer game than either of those two games were that they had this past weekend. Ole Miss versus Alabama, Arkansas versus Georgia. I think the matchup between Arkansas and Ole Miss will be closer. I'm rooting for Arkansas. I think it's a good uh, underdog story, the way that they started their season. And I'm, I'm rooting that rooting for them to, to win this weekend, so we'll have to see what plays out. But... There are going to be some exciting games in Week 6 action. I cannot wait to check them out. Hopefully you all can watch some games this weekend as well. It should be fun. We're in Week 6 action, if you can believe it or not. This season, I feel like, seems to be flying by. But we've still got plenty of weeks to go. It's just crazy that 6 weeks is already here. And uh, it should be fun this weekend. So hope you have a good seat. And I, I can't wait to talk to you again and recap the action. But... I want to thank you all for downloading this podcast episode today. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. Hope you were entertained in some way. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you know how to reach me at cherry underscore picking. Again, I hope you guys have a safe weekend. Have fun. Can't wait to talk to you soon. And uh, I'll talk to you a little bit later on. Take care, everybody. Peace. Fans stormed the field. They celebrated with Kentucky as they beat Florida at home for the first time since 1986. Folks, that was when I was born. Like, I was just born as a young, young cherry picking in 1986. And that was the last time Kentucky beat Florida at home. That's insane. <laughs> Thank you again for tuning into my cherry picking podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.